you know, oftentimes we can be our own worst enemy. And um, I guess that's just the way life goes when it comes to balance. But in life, we tend to make choices. And I think that life is sometimes about making the right choice. And sometimes the wrong choice can affect you for the rest of your life or the right the right choice can. So when I look at this Henry Ruggs case um, and what's transpired so far, it's 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 very sad on both ends. One, I mean, you have a, an innocent woman who was killed. And on the other end, you have a, a rising star in Henry Ruggs. Uh, he was quickly becoming a, a very much improved receiver from his rookie season. I want to say this is probably his second year. I, I want to say it's maybe, I think it's his second year. Uh, but he was proven to be a uh, a good asset to the Raiders. And he's managed, he's managed to throw that all away now due to uh, making a poor choice. I'm not sure if he was driving under the influence. Um, they're saying that he wasn't. But it resulted in a loss of a life and a loss of a career. So... Let's see what these people on First Take have to say. First, let me just say this. I'm praying for everyone involved in this situation, including rugs. It's painful for everyone, even if self-inflicted. But there's no place for drinking and driving, period. Life is too precious, especially when you're an NFL player and you have all the resources, whether it's a car service. And exactly. And that's one of the things that I don't understand. You know, you could have gotten an Uber. You could have gotten, and I'm not here to chastise Henry Ruggs. You know, I'm not his father. I don't even know the dude. But come on, man. You have people who make less, way less money than you do, and they can recognize that, hey, maybe I shouldn't be driving. Let me get an Uber. But instead, he decided to make a choice. And I don't want to say it was selfish, but it was self-inflicted to decide to drive. And I think he was going 156 miles. Where are you going I don't know where he was rushing to, man. I have no idea. But it, it baffles me that when you're given an abundance in life, when you're given, when you're gifted with something that the Most High um, rewards you with, and you think you don't think about the bigger picture, about how it's going to affect your family, how it's going to affect this woman's family. You know, your career is it's over. Henry Ruggs' career is over. So is this woman's life. So it's it's. Two deaths, man. Only difference is, is that Henry Ruggs gets a second chance at life. Uh, and this woman doesn't. So uh, it's very disappointing. Call a friend, public transportation. Stephen A., I know you echo that same sentiment. It's very sad. Um, my heart goes out to the person that lost their life and their loved ones. Obviously, you don't get on the road anticipating that something like this is going to happen to you. Um, I'm really, really sad. I don't believe for one second uh that Henry Ruggs the third intended for this to happen well of course he didn't I don't think anybody intends to get into a car go 156 miles and and, and crash and hit someone I mean that 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 wreck was terrible man if you look at the pictures nobody anticipates on that I don't think he had an ill an ill will to do such a thing but he wasn't thinking so we'll have to wait and see when more information comes out on whether or not he was truly intoxicated because they say he was driving under the influence. I'm, I'm, who knows? It could have been alcohol. He could have been on some prescription pills. He could have been on cop. Who knows, man? Um, but you just got to make better choices and recognize, man, maybe I shouldn't be driving. And that's the sad part is that this, when you know Henry Ruggs' story, man, 
you know, his grind to get to Alabama. It's something that I, I was on board for. I'm like, dude, I want to see this guy succeed no matter where he goes. He, he, I mean, and now it's it's almost as if now, you know, all that's it's been thrown away for one bad decision. It's just sad. But at the end of the day, accountability is necessary. Exactly. It is. Because there is far, far, far too much evidence, too much historical data. Um, and this is one of the things that has been put on the forefront of our society. Drinking under the influence, drinking while intoxicated is unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. They're Agreed. Absolutely, positively, no excuse for you to be behind the wheel of a car if you are inebriated. Those are felony charges that have been filed against Henry Ruggs. And that's why the Raiders were completely apropos, appropriate in doing what they did. And I want to put up this number because I think it's important just as a public service announcement. And what it says here, uh, since you guys can't see it, obviously, but I can. It says here, drunk driving statistics, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, every day about 28 people in the United States die in drunk, in drunk driving crashes. That's one person every 52 minutes. Okay, that's that's a problem. That's that's a that's a problem, and that, that's that's 28 bad choices that are made, you know, and 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 it, it could be possibly more. Every 52 minutes, someone is making a selfish decision decision to get into a car, knowing they shouldn't be driving under the influence of anything that's going to impair their driving, and they do it anyway not understanding the consequences until after the damage has been done. I asked the, uh, my great uh, you know, statisticians here to, to give me this. And look at that. Every day, about 28 people in the United States die in drunk driving crashes. That's one person every 52 minutes. But inside of an hour, every day, right now, as we're watching, as we're on first take for these two hours, at least two people will die under... A DUI. You know, we bring up the NFL, rightfully so. Bring and also, that's a that's a poor choice, not just made on the victim. I'm I'm not speaking in terms of the victim, you know, because you could die. <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you can die while under the influence, right? If you make the choice to die, or not not to die, if you make the choice to drive while under the influence and you kill someone, that that's the that's the flip side to that. I'm not talking about the people who who die from a drunk driver who aren't, you know, under the influence. So I, I just want to clear that up. It has brought the appropriate level of attention in recent memories to domestic violence and various other things. This is something that we need to be reminded deserves to be at the forefront of everything as well, because there are too many people that are being irresponsible, getting behind the wheel of an automobile and are killing other people because of it. And unfortunately, as we sit here today discussing an NFL topic, an NFL player was behind the wheel of a car, inebriated allegedly, because that's a felony DUI charge. And as a result, somebody has died because of it. Yeah, he, um, you know, I know Henry Ruggs the third really, really well. Um, and I've had conversations with him about just doing the right things as an NFL player. 
And that's very important. Um, this is going to put a huge spotlight, <clears throat> excuse me, on the NFL. And I think that there's a lot of extensive scrutiny that I think these teams are going to have to go through now because this is now a glaring issue. So going into the draft process, man, I think these teams are going to have to go into a lot of digging and prying. You know, and it's funny not to not to digress, but it's funny that Colin Kaepernick comes out with this TV show about how they poke and they prod and get into the personal lives of these players. And it makes and it's an invasion of their privacy. This is why they do that. They need to understand they they don't want any character flaws of the players that they draft. Because yes, while although I understand the um I understand the relation or the correlation between uh quote unquote not slavery per se, but you're an asset, you know, you're an asset that's being bought by a billion dollar machine pretty much, that being the organization. And they're willing to invest all this money in you. So they they need to know that you're going to make the right decisions. They need to know that you're not going to uh, put a black eye on the franchise for this. So whenever I have somebody that's investing millions upon millions of dollars in me, I understand that, yes, I'm going to be subject to, to a lot of scrutiny. I understand that I need to have a clean pass. And I also have to understand that these teams are going to trust me or, or an entity will trust me to make the right decisions. And not make them look bad. So for him to say that it's, it's an invasion of privacy, I mean, with character flaws, you don't want that. You know, I bet if the Raiders, if the Raiders back when they drafted Henry Ruggs knew that this was going to happen, I guarantee they wouldn't draft him at all. And then it just it burns me in the inside to have to hear about this yesterday as I was flying from L.A. to New York. And got the text on my phone, and it was like, what, you know, it's not a relationship, like a deep relationship with him. And so as I just sit here and I listen to you, Stephen A., on top of that, knowing the situation, it's just like, how could you not? And every single year, I remember when I first started working at ESPN, and Tom Jackson told me, every single year, we're going to have an issue like this until somebody in the NFL realizes that, like you said, Molly, Pick up the phone, call a driver. If not a driver, now there's Ubers, there's Lyfts. Because when I play... Yeah, you have every... There's every avenue for you to get some sort of transportation. There's every avenue. And it's not just available for these athletes. It's available for everybody. You know? So for him to not have the wherewithal, for whatever reason, to not make that call, that, I mean, that just shows, it shows poor judgment, man. There's a driver. That's all we did was very simple and easy. That you you have all the resources at your disposal. There is no need to drive to a club. There is no need to drive somewhere when you know that you're going out to have a good time. And yeah. there's just no need for it sure. at all because the people that you're trying to show your car off to ain't gonna see it any damn way. Cause it's gonna be in a parking lot yeah. or in a structure somewhere in Las Vegas. You're not like standing in front where people just there. And I don't know for the life of me. What would make him, at 22 years old, get in that car and say to himself, I'm okay to drive? It's his hubris, man. You know, a lot of these athletes don't view themselves as normal human beings, I think. Um, A lot of them think that they're larger than life. uh, And the way that they are, um, the way that they're praised in society today, they're basically gods. You know, they're fast on the field. They're super strong on the field. I mean, a lot of these athletes, they're freaks, man. 
They're freaks of nature. So, of course, they're going to think that they're above the alcohol and how drunk that they are. And they're going to attempt to do something that they shouldn't be doing because it's daring. It's, it, it drives me crazy. Unfortunately, Kishan, that's exactly what it is. I, I a lot understand. of people get in the car because, like I said, that's why I used the word. It's not intentional. Certainly, he didn't intend for this to happen. Of, of course, course not. not. But the point that I'm trying to make is that you feel like, yeah, I'm all right. No, I, can't. I can make it home. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but, but another thing, though, is you don't have to. It's it, this, A lot of these times with these athletes and people in general, and I'm just going to speak to the athlete side of things, it becomes ego. It becomes, I got, I can do this because that's the way you, you feel like you can do everything. You're invincible. And in this situation, you don't become invincible. Not only is something... Yeah, I mean, and that, that, that comes with youth, you know. You feel as though that you can do anything from, you know, your teenage years to your early 20s. You know, it's easy to bounce back from a hangover. But once you reach your late 20s, like myself, it's a little bit different. You know, alcohol hits differently. Things tend to slow down. But as things tend to slow down, you know, your wisdom should also increase to know, hey, I'm, I'm too drunk. I'm too drunk or I'm too high or whatever. You know, I'm off these pills <laughs> and I shouldn't be doing this. So that, that's that's where that that that's where the good judgment has to come in. And unfortunately, it didn't kick in for Henry Ruggs. They lose their life. Somebody lost their life in this accident, but also he's now affected not only their family lives, his own family lives, too, because he was the breadwinner. He was the breadwinner to get his family up out of Alabama. And now all, and he's of, a sudden, special. Now all of a sudden, you've affected all of that. Yeah. The economics of the, yeah. of the game is now affected. And that's, even, that's, that's also what's more sad. You had people that were depending on you, you know, as, as the breadwinner. Now, I will say this. I think that, um, and of course, I'm going to digress again. I think that there's a large onus when it comes to black athletes um, that they're the sole provider for their family. Now, I'm not sure what Henry Ruggs' family situation was, but I do notice that there's a there's a large onus put on these young athletes, these young black athletes, and I'm not excusing Henry Ruggs for what he did, but you tend to notice that like as they when they crumble, it starts from, it starts with them and then it it falls. You know, I, I think that I understand helping your family out, but being the sole breadwinner, you know, I mean, here's the thing: when you if you if you got it. Do it, you know what I mean? But I think that I think that when it comes to things like that, when it comes to these athletes, man, is that like you look at you look at a lot of these white athletes, their families are pretty much already well off. Now, of course, we understand that there's a there's a huge disparity between wealth, there's a wealth gap and and so forth and lack of resources depending on the vicinity that these families are living in. But I think that it's not fair for him to be the the, the main breadwinner of the family, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Now, of course, if I could take care of my family with all the bread that I got, I mean, I don't know how much money his contract was, but for that to affect his his whole family to where, you know, he probably got his, he probably got his mom a house, his dad a house, his, everyone's taken care of, everyone's on a, a salary payroll and so forth. Now that all that's gone, you know, that's when all the problems are going to start to arise. Money's going to become a major issue. So, you know, I'm hoping that maybe they invested well and I hope they saved well. Um, and you know, for many years to come, because uh, those checks are going to stop coming in. Now you get ready to face jail time. Yeah, and they're going to take it very serious in it's Las Vegas because, well, first of all, they're going to take it very serious in Vegas. They're going to take it very serious because you're an NFL player. That's true. And if you want to use a dissuasive measure for the public at large to embrace, it really, listen, 
when Michael Vick got into the situation, I'm so proud of where he's at in his life right now. But when Michael Vick got in his situation with the dogs, Peter was at the forefront of everything. Why? Because you use that as an opportunity yeah. to highlight, mm -hmm. you know, animal rights, you know, and, 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 and acts against animals. So now Henry Ruggs is going to be made an example of because of his high status and because he's a black man and <laughs> because what he did was so detrimental, man. I mean, that again, the images alone, that, that's very upsetting. When you look at the, the, the crash images after all that happened, it's it's disturbing, you know, and it just makes you, it just has me shaking my head. So now he's, he's going to become the poster child. And I'm sure, depending on what that jail time is looking like, they said he can face anywhere from, anywhere from uh, was it, two to 20 years? So, you know, if he gets a short sentence, he'll get out. And I'm sure he's going to, uh, he's definitely going to make public, you know, public appearances probably. You know, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. I don't want to speculate too much. You know, acts of animal cruelty. And so you do that. And when you have an opportunity to illuminate and shine a bright light on an issue, you're going to take advantage of that. So you're going to have, you know, mothers against drunk drivers and others that are going to be at the forefront right now. And the NFL, and because it's an NFL player, you may have government officials, for example, and others trying to use this as an example to send a message to people about the importance of not driving under the influence. Yeah. This brother is in a world of trouble and his career in the NFL is definitely stalled and it might, it might be over. Depend yeah, um, it's kind of hard to tell whether or not uh, he's going to be out or if his career is going to be over. But for right now, um, it's not looking too good for him. It, it really isn't. So I guess we'll have to see how things pan out from there. Uh, but he was, it's sad, man, because, you know, and condolences to the family that lost uh, that, uh, that young woman, 23 years old. But, you know, he was a rising star, man. You know, he was definitely going to be something. <laughs> Excuse me. So we'll have to see how things pan out. But that's all I got. That's all I have for this uh, subject. So I'm out. So I came across this news story, man. I was going to read it off, but I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis and give my take on it. So um, in New York City, OK, there's a uh, there's a D train conductor. Um, and what he did was is he him and I guess this is probably his new girlfriend or maybe it's his new side chick or whatever. He uh, decided that he was going to take her for a joyride on the D train. And I'm not talking about the D, D train. I'm talking about the actual like transit that they use for transportation in New York City. <clears throat> so what happened was, is he was taking her on a joyride and she's posting selfies. And basically he allowed her to conduct uh, the train. So he basically showed her what to do. She's not a trained like she's not trained in that at all. OK, she didn't go to school for that. She didn't have any type of extensive training. And he took these pictures of her. And they were driving all through Coney Island. They were driving off of like uh, 55th and uh, what is it? 55th and uh, uh, oh, 50th Street, 55th Street and 62nd Street, you know. And I guess this was, a, you know, whatever happened when dates were just like normal, you know, just a dinner and a movie date. But this guy decides he's going to take her to his place of work and allow her to uh, operate this train. Like that's a safety hazard, man. It's a true. It's truly a safety hazard. 
And the sad part is as well, one thing that I that I saw, you know, because that's dangerous. You know, that's very dangerous. But it's not so much about him making a poor choice. It's him making the poor choice with so much on the line. And uh, uh, when I looked at how much these D-train conductors can make in New York City, now granted, you know, the economy is obviously a little bit different out there. Gas prices are different and so on. Uh, but it says here that he made over $117,486 in 2020. That's a damn good job, okay? That's a wonderful, wonderful job. Six figs in New York City, bruh. Listen, if I made six figures in Kansas City right now, I'd be rolling in dough, okay? <laughs> no doubt about it. I have about maybe two houses straight up uh, or maybe a house in an apartment. So... It's troubling to me that, and this guy's 32 years old, man. This guy's 32 years old, and they uh, obviously, uh, people have caught wind of it. They reported him to the NYPD, and I'm not sure if he's been caught yet uh, since that time frame. But his girl put this on Instagram. She put this on Facebook. She put it everywhere. And, <laughs> and now, I mean, he's on the run, and he's also out of a job. So, you know, fellas... You know, <laughs> this is something that shouldn't happen, period. But for a first date, uh, yeah, that, that's like me taking, that's like me on my first date. That's like me taking a girl to where I work at. First of all, I work night shift, so I highly doubt that nobody would want to come, no girl would want to come down to where I work for a night shift in a basement working IT stuff. I, I highly doubt it. A lot of free time, though. A lot of free time for activity, but... uh. That's just not something I would uh, advise, nor would I condone. So, and I take her to my place of work and I have her trying to troubleshoot computers and she's fucking everything up. No, I would not, I would not do such a thing. But this guy thought it was a good idea to try to impress this girl, not only with his money, but to say, hey, you know, why don't you try to drive? You know, because women are thrill seekers for the most part. And that's a thrill, I would imagine. So you're, you're, I mean, that's almost like 30 tons of steel, man. 30 tons of steel. That's a, that's a, damn near a Decepticon, and you're driving this through New York City, who knows, I, and, and they didn't say that any damage was done or anything, but they definitely broke some rules, but again, 117,000, and I'm sure the dude's not, he's not college educated, so, I mean, that's a trade that you got to learn, um, and <laughs> it says here, uh, despite the post-Trist train wreck, uh, Belgrave bragged that there was an illegal breach in the operator's cab on Facebook and suggested she might be angling for a transit authority gig herself. And she said this, all you MTA MFers trying to add me on Facebook and IG eat a big fat turtleneck cheesy dick. <laughs> How about that? Let's see, she had no accountability. So now this brother's out of a job and she's talking shit. Uh, she did not immediately return the request for the comment. It's not clear if whether Harris or Belgrave will face criminal charges. Well, <clears throat> more than likely, that brother's going to face criminal charges. I'm sure he will. Uh, her, she may get off scot-free because, again, they hold uh, accountability when it comes to men. It's held to a higher standard. You know, men, men don't really get a lot of leeway, but this guy doesn't deserve leeway because, I mean, dude, you know, you, this is why you got to put your money, man. Put your money before the cat, before the meow meow. You got to put it before that. And he didn't do that. <laughs> Oh, man, this is sickening. But I, I just thought this is one of the old stories that I had in my archive. And I was like, yo, let me talk about this. So that's all I got for this one. I'm out.